Hi everyone and welcome to Baby Loss, Grief and Love. This is season two and this is a special season dedicated to Baby Loss Awareness Week. The week runs from the 9th of October through to the 15th and we feel that you guys need to have that extra support from what can be a really, really triggering and difficult and upsetting week. So do tune in with us every day and if you'd like to find out more about what we'll be talking about, please listen to the first episode which will tell you more about it. Thank you. Hi everybody and welcome to this week's um, podcast. This is one of our specials for Baby Loss Awareness Week and today I am really, really honoured to be joined by Jenny who is one of our service users and Jenny is one of our grandparents service users. So welcome Jenny. Thank you Kenny. (laughs) Um, We just wanted to really give a bit of an insight for people listening who may be grandparents themselves um, who may be even, you know, the parents of the child that's passed away that may want to understand a little bit more about how it feels for grandparents, if there's been any kind of conflict maybe, because things like that do happen in families. Yeah. Um, so for us, we thought it was really important that the grandparents had a voice and that's why we obviously were really, really happy you agreed to come on. Um, so do you want to tell us a little bit about your experience? Well, I think it's really important for um grandparents to have a voice because I know for myself at the beginning when my daughter lost her child I was like oh god she's lost her baby what can I do for her to help her and you're thinking constantly about her and what you can do to help her and you don't think of your own grief and I know at the time I thought I've got no right to grief because I haven't lost my baby I'm still lucky enough to have my baby she lost her baby so you, I did at one time thinking, oh, I've got no right to grief or anything. But we actually have because I I am a nan, but to a little grandson in heaven. Um, and I'm very, very privileged to, um, to be a nan because of him. And I feel very honoured, although he's not here, to have had him, the thought of him in our life. Because it's not actually having him in your life. The way I was thinking about it the last couple of weeks before doing this, it's the thought of him. So I was very ill and then I just started to get better. My daughter said to me, Mum, we've got some really good news. We're going to have a baby, which I was shocked about because I always just thought she was going to have a load of dogs and <laughs> never have a child. So I was quite shocked. And because she lived, her and her partner lived with us, we had that experience every day. So every day we went through this, the symptoms with her, the sickness. And poor poor girl, she had everything. She got a pregnancy psoriasis. She got really sick and she was really, really ill. And we experienced all that with her. Um, every day I used to kiss her belly and say goodnight, not knowing what the baby was. And we watched her belly grow bigger. I did a video of her every week standing in the same place, having to do a circle. And she used to go, Mum... And I said, but when this is at the end and we put it all together, it'd be really lovely to see from a flat belly to a big belly. So, and my daughter, my other daughter, her sister lived with us as well. So she, the whole pregnancy was there for us every day because of her living with us. Shared. Yeah, as a family. Mm. um, We got the bedroom ready and the whole life changed, ready for him. And her partner's parents, we were close to, but we all got closer. And with the excitement every week, we were buying something different. And then we went with her for the scans. And um, we're not actually with her because of COVID. We couldn't go into the hospital with her, but waiting outside and finding out. So, um, and it was really lifted us up. And it was like 
coming to the end of my illness and that excitement to look forward to. And then all of a sudden, COVID happened and we was all in lockdown and she still had to work and we all got very ill. And I remember her at the time being worried about me, being ill because being vulnerable. And I was just worried about her. And I remember when she got ill, ringing up 111, what should we do? And they kept saying at the time, and they're not wrong because they didn't understand how COVID could affect babies. So they said as long as she was okay. But then she went into hospital. And for me as a parent, that was really hard because I didn't know. At the time I was reading on the news, a lot of women under 25 were dying and their babies were surviving. So when she went into hospital, we not knowing what was going to happen. I was like, I want my child to come out, but I want her to have her child as well. And at the time, she was 27 weeks and five days. And we had everything for him except for the Moses basket. And I kept remembering panicking when she went to hospital. I must get that Moses basket while she's in there. Because at that time, he was survivable. Mm. So... And then the worst bit was that she was on her own in hospital in a ward with other mums who had just had a baby and told she'd lost her baby. And no one was with her. We was allowed to go apart, but the poor devastation. But as a parent, I have my my child ill and grieving and you want to do everything you can to wrap yourself around them and protect them. And you can't. And for the first couple of days, I didn't think about my grandson not being here. I was just thinking about my child. Um, but the luckiest bit, and I just feel so blessed with this, that when she was giving birth to him, I was allowed to be with her. And to see him be born, even though we knew he wasn't here, was amazing. Absolutely. And if you'd walked into that room, anybody, they'd have seen that room just full of love, not sorrow. And we all know he was you know, he wasn't going to live, but there was just so much love and so much joy. And to see my daughter become a mum and her partner become a dad was amazing. And how they looked after him and what they did, washing him and dressing him and just cuddling him. And I used to buy her books and she used to read him a book every night. And she read him a book that day, but this time holding him in her arms. And that was just so amazing to see and I feel blessed for that I know he's not here but to see that and have that feels so lucky and the best bit was he was perfect absolutely perfect in every way and he looked like my daughter but he had a bit of ginger hair like her partner (laughs) (laughs) but no he was absolutely perfect and he is no he isn't here but we've all grown closer we talk about him we have a place up at Bobbing for him. We also have the baby garden in Rochester. And those things really help. And that sounds silly, like, you know, he's not there because we've kept his ashes at home. But to go somewhere where we can put stuff for him and remember mm. stuff. And I remember uh, my daughter finding out about the baby garden in Rochester, how much that helped her. And for that to be... 24 hours that can open seven days a week so if they was having a bad time they could just go one evening and I think they actually did that they just went one evening on their own they didn't tell anybody but it was what they needed and the whole after after he died 
the help she got and how people were there to support her and all what they did at Midway Hospital, taking his handprint, his footprint, and knowing that making miracles were there for him and for her. Because I think years ago, it used to be just about the woman and not really about the man. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, the men are involved in it, which is really brilliant. My son-in-law went for counselling first and it really helped him. And then that encouraged my daughter to go. And to be able to, she can talk to me about him, but I don't have that understanding so I haven't lost a child. So for her to talk to someone who's either been through that or who doesn't know him so she can get upset and everything is um, really, really good for her. And as a family, I've gone for counselling. I didn't think I needed it and I didn't think I had the right to it. I'm only his nan. I didn't lose a child. Why should I have the right to go? Counseling, but it was my daughter that talked me into it, and it was the best thing she did because I remember her being pregnant, and we went around the family to say Happy Christmas and everything. And my sister in law said to me, Oh, this time next year is going to be really lovely, you're going to have a little one running around or crawling around. So when that Christmas came and he wasn't there and he wasn't crawling around, I found that really hard, really hard because I kept remembering those words that she, my sister in law, said to me. So that's when my daughter said to me, no, you do need to go counselling. I didn't need a lot, but it was just really good because I couldn't tell my daughter how I was feeling, so I didn't want to upset her. So it was really good to talk to someone who, and they just made sense of the counselling I got, made me make sense of the feelings I had and why I was feeling, because I think the most of my feelings were anger. Mm-hmm. Why should other people get their child and my daughter did it she's a good person we've been through a lot of loss in her life and this was our good thing why shouldn't she get her happy ending but in a way we did get happy ending not the happy ending that we should have got with a live baby but still a a lovely ending because I said to my daughter rightly or wrongly if you'd had a miscarriage under a certain time that would have been it um, if you thought you were through prep going for your birth, giving birth to him and then he was stillborn, you'd have been on your own in hospital. We'd have all been at home waiting and then we'd have heard that horrible news. But this way, you knew he'd already died before you gave birth to him. He didn't die alone because he was inside you and all he ever felt his whole life was warmth and love from her. And to be surrounded by that and then knowing it wasn't the baby that she planned, but she was still going to get to see him and hold him and dress him and have a funeral for him and make the little memories that she could at the time with him. The amount of photos that we've got around the house is just lovely. Um, And he just looks like he's asleep and he looks perfect because he is perfect. So I do think... Yeah, it wasn't the ending we expected. I do think we're very blessed, very blessed to have experienced that. But for me, I must try to remember that I am allowed to grieve because I am a nan, but I didn't get the grandchild on earth that I wanted. And he is in heaven and he's with lots of people up there. Um, my husband's up there, my mum and dad, so he's well looked after up there and loved but I do get angry sometimes because I do feel like he should be here. Mm-hmm. And every now and then I try not to, but I do think, oh, he'd be this age now and he'd be doing that. But I think that's a common thing. 
Yeah, it's completely natural. But it's really lovely to, when we talk about him, we do get a bit mm. and upset, but now it's love. When we talk about him, it's joy and love and we have we have never forgotten him, but my daughter's moving on. She's now got engaged and she's left home. and So they're getting their life back and her partner's able to talk about him now. And a few months ago, he held a baby, which is a big thing for him. Um, and I do say to people, I am a nan, because I am a nan. You are. And uh, I do feel blessed. And I do feel like this tiny little human that didn't exist in the end has brought so much joy and happiness and brought everybody so close. It's unbelievable. How can something so tiny make so much love and just, you know, but I am a nan and I'm a very proud nan and I would tell anybody about him because he was absolutely beautiful. Um, But I'm just so pleased for your company, the things that you do, the way you just just make it feel better because years ago people had had miscarriages and stillborns and everything and you just got on with it. There's no one to talk about it with, but now there is. And I know when she gets pregnant again, people are there for her to help her and help her through it. And um, I work in your shop. And to hear people come in, a lady come in a few months ago, and um, I said, oh, when are you due? She said, oh, this is my rainbow baby. And another child that she had was her rainbow baby. And to hear that and see that's really lovely. Hmm. It's just, it is amazing what your company do, the way you just help so many people without even realising. I think if I hadn't got the counselling that I didn't think I needed, but obviously did at the time, I wouldn't be probably feeling like I am. And I can see how if you don't talk about your loss and that that you can it can it doesn't help to keep it all boiled up in you mm. to express it. And uh yeah, I am a nan, a proud nan, and I feel very, very privileged to have uh had you're happy. Boy. You're yes. It's it's just so refreshing and lovely to see, Jenny. Like obviously when you first came in to see me and the difference and could talk to you about it without crying could no. I and now I have a big smile on my face exactly and I think that's it. what I wanted to just say because obviously this is a podcast and people can't see your face mm. but as you're sitting here talking about him you've got the biggest smile across your face yeah it's happiness it's positivity it's love you know and that's why we called this podcast grief and love because is. grief is love I've been through the grief and now we're at the love and mm. it's really it's really, and I say to my daughter, she goes, oh, I don't want people to say when you replace him. I said, wouldn't well, no, I just tell people when you add to your family, because he's already your family. Mm. He'll always be with you guys. Yeah, and everyone, when I, everyone I meet knows about him, mm. and her children would always know about him. Mm. We sit up the um, crematorium on a lovely hot day, and it's really peaceful and quiet, and we have our thoughts about him. And then I say to her, just imagine it in a couple of years and you're saying to your kids, get off your brother's thing, leave his toys <laughs> and And that makes her laugh. And she says, that will be my future one because I will, he will always be in her life and we will bring his siblings up here mm. to like, so they will always know about him. It's a massive part of your life and your family and always yeah. will be, won't it? Yeah. And that is important. 
talking to you with the grief in counselling made me realise how common this is. Because at the time when Georgina was going through it, a lot of her friends went through it afterwards, about five of their friends. But at the time, it felt like just us. No one else in the whole world had ever been through this mm. or experienced this. So we did feel a bit isolated. Especially with COVID. Yeah. But we're not the only ones. And there is light at the end of the tunnel. Um, Ryan's been 18 months since he's been gone. And now we just talk about it with pure love and joy. Um we don't really shed a tear or have a tear for him because it, we've, we've gone past that bit. So, and he is in our life and always will be in our life. And, and even for my daughter, my other daughter, it was really hard for her because she couldn't wait to be an aunt and she bought him stuff. And at the day when she went to hospital, my daughter went to hospital to have him. My other daughter was at home really ill with COVID. And as a mum, I was split. I was with my daughter for her to give birth to her child. And then my other daughter was seriously ill at home with COVID. And as a parent, you're like, your loyalty is like you want to be with one, but you want to be with the other. And to make sure she was okay as well with her her grief because she was just there for her sister. But she's done amazing, my daughter has now. So I um, I said to her, she was allowed to stay in bed for a week. And then she had to get up and have a bath and had come downstairs into the front room. Even if it was for an hour, two hours, but she had to leave the bedroom. Made her do that for a week. Then I made her have to get dressed properly and go out of the house. So she just came with me for a car ride. We just slowly, every week we did something just to make her get out. I should still be in her bedroom now, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's a very strong person. I don't know how she gets up every morning and puts one foot in front of the other. She just amazes me. But she's got an amazing mum as well. I think it's well, shows thank her you. the way. No, <laughs> you show her the way. And you... I had to. I said to her, you can't just be laying in bed. It's awful what's happened to you. But if we want to show him how much we love him, we've got to move on. And we've got to live our lives. He, he wouldn't want to be... Um, he would want her, his mum to be just miserable. And then I wind her up because my husband's in heaven and I say, you know, he's up there with your dad riding around on a motorbike. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we do. We make jokes and we laugh and keep his memory alive. And we remember his anniversary and Christmas. So now at Christmas, instead of buying a toy, we buy him toys for his age and then we give them to charity. That's so lovely. He's still he's still part of our lives and... But, yeah, but I think any grandparent out there, you do feel that loss for your child that's going through that and there's nothing you can really do to help apart from be there. But you do got to remember yourself, what you've been through with your loss and you've got to remember you are entitled to your grief and if you need to get help, you should get help. It's not a, um, I'm trying to think of the word I'm looking for, it's not a bad thing. If you say, I need help, I need counselling, it's a good thing. And we've got the right to it because then it makes us stronger to then help our children more. But you always got to remember, if your grandchild is in heaven, you're still a nan, Mm. still a nan. And that's the most important thing. You've always got to remember that. And to get help if you need it, don't be ashamed to say, actually, Mm. I think I might. 
because we do we do need help and we do deserve it as much as our children do so we can help our kids it's a funny old subject isn't it mental health of people especially when they are a bit older Mm. um we have it with the men don't we with the way that they try and be the strong one and don't feel like they they deserve help because they're the man and they're meant to be taking it all on the chin yeah um women it's more acceptable to somehow or that's the thought of it um but people of a certain age especially with the whole thing that mental health is quite a new thing to come out it's quite a new awareness around mental health I think definitely and from people that are a bit older and aren't used to that and you know the same with how people dealt with it like you said earlier how people dealt with it back in the day when perhaps they might have lost when they were younger um it's completely different and it isn't as taboo anymore so I think what helps as well a lot of famous people are mm. saying that they've this is how they felt this happened to them and then that makes people think oh actually if they can go and say it Mm. and I said to my daughter all these famous people have lost their children that money and fame doesn't bring you what you need it's human beings going through Mm. what what they go through um but I think there's a football team as well for men, bereaved dads, to go to because men don't talk about it because they're hard. Mm-hmm. But to go and play football and then talk about it yeah. is good. Yeah, and we've got a support group and we have men coming along to that. And yeah. we were surprised by the amount of men that came along um, who may have been coming in the first instance to support the lady, mm. but then actually got quite a bit from it as well. Yeah. And that was really, really lovely to see. But, um, you know, especially the taboo around baby loss, the taboo around mental health, and for people of a different generation, you know, it's a big thing to overcome and there's a pride thing there, isn't there, sometimes? Because for me, I'm 54, so back in the day when I was younger, mental health wasn't really talked about, mm. wasn't really recognised, and it was like, oh, if you're depressed, come on, get yourself up, get yourself going, and that's how it got dealt with. And I think COVID has made people's mental health even worse. Yeah, We've all been locked inside for a long time, not been able to talk to anyone. Um, but you don't realise as well when you are grieving sometimes it can affect your mental health so talking through counselling does help and I know when I took under session view the, the first one I drove to crying my eyes out cried when I spoke to you cried all the way home two days later I felt better the second session I think I cried a little bit but I felt so relieved when I left and I think in the third and the fourth one every time I came I felt more lighter and happier and yay mm. you know because I spent talking about my grandson to you for half an hour and that was just lovely <laughs> no but also for you and I think that's partly why you've probably said it a few times you didn't feel like you had that right at that point and the counselling helped you to understand your feelings and emotions and thoughts and grief were validated mm. and yes he wasn't your son but he's your grandson and you are allowed to be like that and it is okay and mm. you have got a voice and you now it makes me so happy I, I smile as soon as you say I am a nan yeah. I am a nan to Finlay yeah <laughs> you know it's you are and yeah you'd be proud of that and when I met you you weren't you were you weren't but you didn't feel I like didn't you had feel, the right no and, and I did feel guilty as well and this is a really silly thing I thought oh my daughter's lost her baby I haven't but then mm. I thought if I'd lost my baby, then we wouldn't be here because she wouldn't have her baby. Mm. But um, so at Christmas, my cat got really ill. Um, and this sounds really, really silly. 
And I was really worried about her. She stopped eating and I thought she was going to die. She was only just come out of being a kitten. And I'm not really a cat person, but and my, and my daughter went to mum, this isn't to do with the cat. This is you grieving for Finley and you're masking it to do with the cat. And I said, don't be silly. Then when I thought about it, she was right. So sometimes the grief can take, it might not be what you think it is, but if you really think about it, it is. Mm. So mine was being silly about thinking my cat was going to die and it was nothing to do with the cat. It was all to do with Finley and mm. to be his first Christmas, our first Christmas without him mm. and to everything. So but I'm definitely, definitely glad I got the, the counselling, even though I did feel guilty at the beginning. Um, and I would recommend it to anybody. Mm. Even if you only have one or two or you have ten, if you think you need it or if you think you don't need it, but you've had that grief, just go and talk to somebody because sometimes you think, no, oh, actually, I'm all right. When you talk to someone, you might think, actually, I'm not. Mm, so a lot just, comes out, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, so just to talk to somebody, talk to somebody else about it, someone who, because for us, I can't talk to my daughter about how I was feeling because she's got her own grief. So... To talk to a complete stranger who doesn't know you or your circumstances is really good, really good. And someone who knows what they're talking about, like you. <laughs> <laughs> you made me see sense of a lot of things. Because you remember how angry I was as well at one time. Well, you certainly don't show any of that now. No. You look happy, you've got a big smile on your face. Yeah, definitely. You... And I'm not angry or upset at other grandparents. Um, I think... No, they deserve their happiness. This is how I would be if he was here, but this is how I am and he's not here. Mm. But I just think it's so amazing how this tiny little thing can bring so much love and joy to people and bring everyone closer. It's amazing. And that's his legacy, isn't it, for you guys? Yeah. And that's really special. And his legacy will carry on. And for his siblings that he has... So thank you. That's lovely. No, thank you so much, Jenny, for joining us today. Um, if you've been touched by Jenny's story and anything she said today, as always, feel free to give me an email. It's kelly at makingmiracles.org.uk. Take care.